But, uh, you know, and so anyhow, so we have been sharing over these last few weeks about heart issues. The Bible says in Proverbs 4, verse 23, it says to guard your heart, pay attention to your heart. Why? Because what's in your heart is going to determine your destiny. It's a direct connection. And uh, and so we've been sharing and really uh, talking about this over the last few weeks. I've been giving you kind of a different um, seed, if you will, that can happen, things that come into our heart and yet they can have really adverse effects if we're not paying attention. And so, uh, you know, I, I told you in kind of the first week, I was telling you the story about these uh, great sequoia trees and how they had failed. And there was this root problem. And I want to tell you another story this morning that kind of lines up with this, but uh, I believe that it also connects well with what we've been sharing. You know, a number of years ago, Darren and I were youth pastoring. We lived in Kansas. And if you want to know where the middle of nowhere is, I live there. And, uh, no joke. Um, we were four hours from anywhere. Like I was four hours to Denver. I was four hours to Kansas City. I was four hours to Oklahoma City. Like any city of any size, I lived in the middle of nowhere. You didn't just stumble upon Dodge City, Kansas. You were there intentionally. And uh, But anyhow, so trees were a very precious commodity there because we don't think much about it here. We're like, I cut down a tree. There it's a big deal because trees are hard to grow. Why? Because they don't get like the moisture that we get. And uh, I remember I had some trees in front of a building at the church that had died. I'm like, they're dead. It's time to cut them. I got a lot of pushback because they're like, no, it's a tree. And I'm like, it's a dead tree. And uh, so it's not serving a purpose. And so uh, we cut them down and people got mad, you know, and I'm like, well, it's a dead tree. But anyhow, so when I was living there in Kansas, it's a lot of backstory, but when I was there in Kansas, me and Dare, our first house that we'd ever bought, uh, it was a nice little house and all this, but we had this, and it was some type of an elm tree, but it was very large and it covered our entire house. We kind of, our house was kind of like a ranch style. It was kind of like an L and it sat right in the middle. So when you walked up, like when you pulled our driveway, the tree is actually the first thing you saw even before you noticed our house. Cause it was just, it was huge. It was a really pretty tree. And I noticed one day when I was out there, you know, raking leaves or something, it was during the fall season that I could smell something. I'm like, something just smells dead. Like, I'm thinking, like, there's an animal, a possum, a cat, you know, squirrel, something. And I get to looking around everywhere, and I don't find anything. And I finally realize on the back side of this tree that there's, like, foam coming out of the trunk of it. Like, there was kind of, you know, a, a spot. And it was, like, this foamy-looking, and it just smelled, and there were flies all around it. And I'm like, yeah, that's just nasty. And, uh, but not being the green thumb person, I'm like, I don't have a clue what to do. And so I took some pictures and I uh, went to, uh, I guess you call it a nursery or whatever, a place where people who know about plants are. And uh, so I went there and I showed them the pictures and I'm like, you know, uh, I don't know what's going on, but, I, you know, I don't really want to lose this tree. It's a really pretty tree. And they were like, oh, it can't be that kind of a tree and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, well, I think that's pretty much what it is. And they're like, no, that's too big because it was, I mean, I could barely get my arms around it. And so I showed them a picture and they were like, well, shoot, that, that tree is probably like 60, 70 years old at least. Uh, and they're like, that's a really large version of that tree. And so they, we began to talk, and they're like, well, tell me some of the things that's going on. And so I was telling them, and they said, okay, well, what you have is you actually have a beetle problem. And that these wood, some type of a, uh, invasive species of beetle was actually eating the inside of the tree. Now, on the outside, the tree looked great. It was healthy. It had leaves, I mean, everywhere that clogged up my gutters all the time and all kinds of wonderful things like that. And so just looking at it from the road, everything looked great. But the problem was, is that these beetles were actually killing the tree from the inside out. 
What they would actually do is, so the, the strength of a tree is actually, it comes from the roots, but actually is in the heart of the tree, the core. And they will actually come in and eat, hollow the tree out, literally. Eat the inside of the tree out. And then eventually the tree will fall over. If you've ever seen, it, seen a tree that has fell over that was hollow in the middle, that's what happened. And so I, I got a whole education that day on bugs and trees that I didn't really go there for. I just wanted to know. How do I get rid of this smell? That really was my motivation. I wanted to save the tree, but the truth was I just wanted to get rid of the smell. Because I'm thinking, people are going to walk into my house because it was like right next to our front door. And they're going to be like, oh my gosh, what's that smell? And, uh, and so, but they, because I'm thinking like in my man brain, problem here, fix here, right? Pretty simple. There's foam and stink and nastiness and bugs. So they give me this chemical. <clears throat> they give me this little concentrate chemical. And they're like, okay, put this in a five-gallon bucket. And it wasn't that much. I mean, like maybe a soda can size. They're like, fill the five-gallon bucket up. And I'm thinking, I'm going to pour this five-gallon bucket into the tree like there's a hole like this big. It's not very big. And they're like, oh, no, if you do that, you'll kill the tree. I'm like, so what do I do? And he said, okay, you need to start about six feet out and just start walking in a circle. And as you get close, as you keep pouring, just keep getting closer and closer and closer to the tree. By the time you're done, you want to get it into the soil. Because if this chemical is very powerful, it says if it's not absorbed slowly, it will kill the tree. Because it's very strong. He said, so you don't want to kill the tree, you want to kill the bugs in the tree. And I said, yes, that is correct. If the bugs are causing the stink, yes, I want to kill the bugs. And so, but what happened was, so I do what they said, and within a matter of a week, the smell was gone, the bugs were gone, the foam was gone, the tree's still living to this day. It's awesome. But how did we save the tree? We fixed the roots. See, there was, there was a, an unseen problem that had been going on for some time. We don't know how long. But these bugs had, for whatever reason, picked this particular tree. And they were attacking that tree. And they would have killed it had I not gotten some information if I had not learned some things. And so my, my goal with this whole series is to give you some information to save your heart. To keep you from rotting from the inside out. Because many times that happens and people are unaware as to what the devil is doing many times. And, and they don't realize that, that there are things that happen inside of us. But you know, that, but there's also two sides to this. And, and this is really what I want to share with you about this morning, or at least get into, is that many times I believe that, the, yes, we have an enemy. The Bible says that we have a great enemy. He is Satan. The Bible says that he hates us. He wants nothing more than to destroy every aspect of our life. Spirit, soul, body, doesn't matter. Uh, but that's his plan. That's his agenda. But I believe that sometimes we actually blame him for things that aren't him. It's actually the inner me. <laughs> it's things that I won't let go of. We're, we're saying, you know, we're rebuking the devil and the Lord's going, it ain't the devil. You got things in your heart that you need to deal with. You've got to allow me to help you to deal with these things. And so we're rebuking the enemy and it's the inner me that's actually holding on to things. And, and we have to, to deal with the, these types of things in our life. And so this morning, I want to share with you about forgiveness. Or unforgiveness, which, and we'll talk about all three of these, but you're going to hear me kind of use all three of these terms today. Talking about whether it be unforgiveness, bitterness, and then offense, which is actually a process. We start out being, you know, somebody has wronged us, so we don't want to forgive them. Because somehow we think we're letting them off the hook. Well, that eventually will turn into bitterness, 
which eventually will become an offense in your life, which offense, which we'll talk about some this morning. Uh, I have in no way I'm trying to uh, exhaust this subject. We could do an entire series around these three things alone. Um, But these are one of those areas that that affects all of us, whether we realize it or not. And so, um, you know, let me just say this up front, is that forgiving somebody is not forgetting. Forgiving someone is this, is letting go of the hurt. It's refusing to hold on to that which hurt you. And and this can be a hard process, but it's why we have the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that he came for what? To lead us and guide us into all truth. Truth matters. Why does truth matter? Because the Bible says that truth leads us to freedom. It says where, where the Holy Spirit is, the Spirit of God is, there is freedom, there's liberty. And many times we can be a prisoner of our own doing. And we're not even aware of it. And so uh, there's a definition that somebody, or a statement that somebody made about forgiveness one time. And many of you have probably heard it. But it says to release some, it is this, to forgive means to release someone from a guilty charge. It's saying, you did me wrong. I'm not saying you didn't. I'm just saying, I'm not going to hold that against you. Another way to think about this is this, is that it's surrendering my right to hurt you for hurting me. It's surrendering my right to hurt you because you hurt me. I mean, I don't know about you, but for me, I want vengeance. Like, I'm a right fighter. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you do me wrong, buckle up. Like, that, just, just without Jesus in my life, I'm not getting even. I'm going to win. You know? I mean, that's... that's I'm just being honest, you know, so thankfully for Jesus and the Holy Spirit. You can tell me to sometimes. Why? Because that's that's what I want to do. You hurt me, I want to hurt you. I mean, it's human nature, and yet the Bible teaches us something very differently. There's a famous saying about forgiveness, and it says, to forgive is to set a prisoner free. And then discover that the prisoner was you. See, many times we think, well, if I forgive them, I'm letting them off the hook. No, you're letting yourself off the hook from the bitterness that's going to turn into an offense in your life, which is going to have massive fallout. And I'll show you this here this morning. Because it doesn't just affect us. It doesn't just affect me individually. There's fallout that happens when I hold on to a hurt. When I, when I refuse to let go of things. Over in Hebrews chapter 12 verse 15. It gives us some instruction. And it says watch over each other. That's why it's important to be in relationship. That's why we value relationships. That's why we encourage you to get in a small group. Why? Because I may not see something in your life. But the person that you're in a small group with week after week. They're going to say hey are you okay? Like really you said something today. And is that... Is there something I can pray with you about? You keep bringing up this same situation. Are you sure that you've forgiven them about that? That's where relationships matter. And, And here in Hebrews it says, watch over each other to make sure that no one misses the revelation of God's grace. God's grace is much more than just salvation. It's really walking in freedom. He says, and make sure that no one lives with a root of bitterness sprouting within them which will only cause trouble and poison the hearts of many. That's pretty clear. Watch out for one another. Why? 
Because you don't want to let that root of bitterness take root. It's a lot easier to take care of a weed in your yard when it's small. When it's got a stalk like that tall, yeah, you got more to hold on to. But guess what? Those roots are a lot deeper too. You know, and so, but it says here is that we have to make sure that we don't miss out on all that God's grace means for us. But also, we have to realize that when we're not okay, we affect other people. We affect other people, especially when we're living in a place of unforgiveness, when we're living in a place where we're angry or, or mad or, or, you know, and all those things. And we want to get, we want to, you know, get vengeance. We want to be justified. And it can be easy to pick that up and to take that on. Like, man, I've got to settle the score. But yet the Bible here says is that we need to be careful. Why? Because it affects many. You know, I said this a few minutes ago is that uh, I believe that every one of us have leadership capacity. Well, that leadership capacity, which is influence, affects other people. Good or bad. How many of you ever had a bad boss? Their influence was not good, right? <laughs> you had a good boss, their, their leadership was good. Why? Because they were a good boss. Well, see, we can influence people and affect people even when we refuse to forgive. It affects our spouse. It affects our family. It affects our kids. It affects our friends. It affects, and it actually affects every other relationship that we have. It will affect our ability to actually trust other people. You don't have to, and I say this, is that forgiving them doesn't mean that what they did was okay. What it does mean is that I believe God will heal me and that God will take care of me. And I trust God. And because I trust God, I'm going to trust other people. But yet if we can't forgive, we will just become, we'll just close off to everybody else. We become very just inter, you know, inner-minded, if you will, and we'll quit being in relationship with people. Proverbs 18 verse 19 says this, says that it's easier to conquer a strong city than to win back a friend whom you've offended. You ever tried to like said something to a close friend and it, maybe it just came out the wrong way and then you try to go say you're sorry and you're like that really isn't sufficient? Doesn't seem like it's really worked that well. Goes on, it says their walls go up making it impossible or nearly impossible to win them back. See, especially if we've done something to hurt somebody, we need to go own up to it. But even so, when, when people do it to us, we have to be careful that even when we do get hurt, that we don't just throw up the walls and just say, nope, nobody's coming in. I don't trust anybody. I don't, I don't want anybody getting close to me. Why? Because there's life, especially inside of the, uh, of the family of God, the church family, if you close yourself off, that's part of God's way of ministering to you. It's not the only way, but it is a major way. Relationships really matter. And one relationship, let me say this, one bad relationship can ruin every other relationship. They can, because why? Because you become skeptical, you become suspicious, you be, and people are genuine, and yet you're like, mm, what's... What, why, why are you trying to get close to me? Somebody just tries to befriend you and all of a sudden you're just like, nope, not doing it. Stay away. Not going to do that. If that's, the, if that's your response, I would encourage you to ask the Holy Spirit to show you your heart. Because there's probably some unforgiveness that may have even progressed into some bitterness. 
some anger. Now, you know, and you're like, well, I don't, you know, I, I don't know if I, if I totally agree with this. Let me give you another example. You know, one of the things about this series that I've shared with you is that many times we try to deal with the external things that we see in our life. We never deal with the heart issue. So let me give you an example of what this looks like even with this. If you're angry and don't know why, like you just fly off the handle for random moments, random times. You're like, why am I so angry? I don't know why I'm angry. Quit asking me. I'm not going to say 100%, but I'm pretty certain that you've been wounded in your heart. Someone has hurt you. You've not been able to come to the place of forgiveness. At least bitterness, if not a a full-on offense, has taken root in your heart. And it will affect every relationship that you have. It will. And so sometimes our behaviors may show us, you know... And and I've had people even ask me at times, like, what's wrong with you? I don't know what's wrong with me. Leave me alone. It's because I, and the truth is, I know that because the Holy Spirit's been pushing on that little button. Saying, David, let me heal that part. I'm like, no, I don't want to. Because if I let you heal that, they're no longer guilty. And forgiveness is not always easy, but it is a decision. It starts with a decision, not a feeling. It's a decision, and we'll talk about these things here in a few minutes. But it it does affect other people. And so it starts with unforgiveness, really leads into bitterness, which is even really just, it begins to grow. Think of it like this. It's like a cancer. And it just begins. When it's just as someone's hurt you and there's unforgiveness, it's small. It's easier to deal with it when it's unforgiveness. When you get to offense, it's a little harder. Not a little harder, it's a lot harder. But yet the enemy would love for us to get offended. Give you an example of this that I've seen many times is where somebody, for whatever reason, gets offended towards somebody else in the church. It's a matter of time before they leave. I mean, I, I can't put a clock on it, but it's coming. Why? Because there was an offense that never got resolved. There was something that was said, something that was done, and it never got repaired. And here's the thing. It doesn't take two people to get to forgiveness. It takes one. Amen. Reconciliation is not forgiveness. It takes two to reconcile. It takes one to forgive. They are different. So just because somebody hurts me, it doesn't mean that, hey, I have to trust you and act like nothing's ever happened. Well, that depends. What was it that they did? But I still have to love them. I don't have to be best friends with them. I don't have to hang out with them all the time. But I still have to love them. Another way, another marker, if you will, to know if you have unforgiveness for, towards somebody is pray for them. Pray that God would bless them. And if you struggle... There's your answer. I don't have to convince you of it. You already have somebody in mind that you're thinking, I ain't praying for them. No, I ain't doing it. That's an area that the enemy has got in and and he's taken root. And so, and look, and I've had to do this. I've had to pray for people until I could pray nice. Because I didn't have anything nice to pray at the beginning. I'm like, Lord, get them. 
Lord, kill them. Lord, just make them disappear. Like, I don't know what you're going to do. Just, I don't even care. Just, you do it. You be God. You're all powerful. You move mountains and you can kill people. Like, so just, boom, take care of that. It'd be awesome. And I wish I could say that I was just always that spiritual and just could pray and just, Lord, love them, bless them, keep them, provide for them. Man, it's a process. I can hold on to things and and I have to be willing to what? To let the Holy Spirit go. And part of the way that I have found for me is that if I'll start to pray for them, I I stop or I may start praying from a place of judgment, but I know that God has done something in me when I'm now praying from a place of compassion. Amen. That's how I know that I've changed. That's how I know my heart has changed. That I'm not just there to prove my case. But I'm actually now, what? Living from the love of God. That I'm actually praying, God, don't count that against them. Don't hold that. If they never, if they never admit that they had hurt me, I don't care. Just don't hold it against them. I mean, Jesus modeled this on the cross, right? Hanging on the cross that says, Father, forgive them for they know not what they're doing. No one's ever taken a nail and pierced my body with it. No one's ever taken a whip to me. A few people have taken swings, but, you know, I forgive them too, but... And really what happens, and why I say this, and, and that it's a process of time, is that really what happens with an offense is that it, it actually is the sign, and really what happens is that it's a completely closed off heart. It's where you just put up a wall and just built up your barricades and said, nope, nobody's coming in, nobody's getting close to me. Here's one of the dangers that comes with, with not forgiving is, is this, is that uh, Mark chapter 11, verse 24 and 25 Now, this is actually in context. He's talking about faith that moves mountains, right? He says, I tell you, you can pray for anything, and if you believe that you've received it, it will be yours. Now, so we love that part. Like, let me just use my faith, and let me, you know, let me just get out there and believe God, and man, I'm trusting God. He's talking about prayer, and then he says, but when you're praying, first forgive anyone that you're holding a grudge against. So that your father in heaven will forgive your sins too. See, carrying unforgiveness actually changes how effective our prayers can be. Not just the prayers about that person. It affects our prayer overall. See, because why? And really the principle that that Jesus is teaching here is you need to come to God with the right heart. Not just come to God. Come to him with the right heart. I love this phrase, and and I think that it's important because we all have things that happen in life. People hurt us, things hurt us, whatever, situation, circumstances. And I believe in this. It's it's kind of one of my, like, a a core value of mine is honesty. Like, don't ask me a question if you don't want an honest answer. I'll try to be nice and diplomatic, but it might not come out that way. It'd probably be pretty direct (laughs) most of the time. My wife helps me. Pats me on the leg. Don't say nothing. Don't say nothing. It's not because I don't. But, it, but I, I say this. Is that this. Is I, I value honesty. And so there's a phrase. And I love it. Is that it's okay to not be okay. Amen. It's okay to be honest. With the right people. In relationship. Like a small group. 
Maybe it's a a couple guys you go to breakfast with, but they're spiritual people. It's okay to not be okay. It's okay to say, man, I'm struggling right now. I need somebody to pray for me. But it's not okay to stay that way. It's okay if somebody hurts you to just say it. I would actually encourage you to go talk to somebody, a close, trusted friend, not somebody, not a gossip, not somebody who's going to spread it. We're not talking about gossip. We're just saying, hey, I just need somebody to talk to. I need somebody to be honest with, like, this probably shouldn't even matter, but man, this really hurt me. And I know for us men, we're like, I ain't doing that. It will affect your every relationship. It'll affect your relationship with God, and it'll really affect people around you. are like, well, I don't know if I believe that. James chapter 5 says we go to God for forgiveness, but we go to his people for healing. Go look. James chapter 5, verse 15, 16. We go to God and ask for forgiveness. And then he says, and go and confess your sins one to another that you may be healed. Why do I need to go to people and tell them what's going on in my life if God's already, if I've already got it right between me and God, why do I need to go to people? Because God says it's a two-step process. We don't get to pick and choose which one. And sometimes we can also go to people too much. And we want to just rehash, 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 rehash. And that's when you need to have a friend who says, you need to take this to God and leave it. Like I had one of my friends one time, I was griping and whining about something. He said, are you done griping and complaining yet? He actually told me that. And he said, because I'm done listening. I thought, well, man, you're a bad friend. I need a new friend. (laughs) Goodness. Thought we were friends. But the truth is, is that he's like, man, we just keep having, and he told me, he said, we just keep having the same conversation. But at what point are you going to make the decision to move forward? See, forgiveness is both an act, it's a decision, but it's also a process. I said this earlier, but it's not reconciliation. Forgiveness is letting that person go, letting that, the, what they've done to you. Romans chapter 12 verse 18 says, and this is a biblical example of, <clears throat> oh, I don't have these, I'm going to have to read these off the screen. I have it on my notes. But here's a biblical example of how to forgive somebody. So, it says, do this. Number one, so this is important. It says, do all that you can to live at peace with everyone. Which tells me it's not possible to live at peace with everybody. It says, do all that you can so that you can live at peace with everyone. But some people refuse to live at peace with you. And that's fine. You can distance yourself from them. All right? So 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 5. This is a, an example where the Apostle Paul is talking to a church about a man who has uh, hurt and done much harm to the church. But this is the, the biblical pattern that the Apostle Paul gives us. He says, I am not overstating it when I say that this man caused all the trouble, or this man who caused all the trouble hurt all of you more than he hurt me. This guy hurt an entire church. I don't know what he did. We have no idea. That's a lot of damage, though. It says, most of you opposed him, and that was punishment enough. Now. Now. So there was some time where this church said, hey, we can't get close to you, but now. However, it is time to forgive and to comfort him. Okay, he, he, he hurt everybody. I get it. We pushed him away. We, we distanced him. But now it is time to what? Not just forgive him, but to actually comfort him. I ain't comforting him. 
I'll forgive him, but I'll let the Holy Spirit take care of that comforting business. I ain't doing that. But listen to what it says. It says, otherwise, he may be overcome by discouragement. So I urge you to reaffirm your love for him. He says, I wrote to you as I, as I did to test you and see if you would fully comply with my instructions. He says, when you forgive him, I will forgive him too. It says, and when I forgive whatever needs to be forgiven, I do so with, the, with Christ's authority for your benefit. Forgiveness is actually for your benefit. He, now listen, he says, so that Satan will not outsmart us for we are familiar with his evil schemes. We're familiar with his evil schemes. We're, we're, we're not unfamiliar. This is one of the great weapons that the enemy uses against us to harden our heart. To cause us to close up and to pull back from people. And yet here, Paul says, don't be ignorant. Pay attention. The enemy is coming and he's talking about forgiveness. Why? Because forgiveness is for our benefit. Here's the thing about a, a wound or an unforgiveness. You can hold on to it for decades if you want. You can. I don't know why, but my dad's side of the family has this thing where if they get wronged, they won't talk until somebody's dying. My grandmother and her brother did not talk for 35 years. On his deathbed, he called for her. And they made amends. Just them two, whatever was said was said. But for 35 years, they missed out on a relationship. Why? Because whoever, I don't even know, I don't even know what happened. I have no idea. They never could forgive. They couldn't come to a place. And how much was lost in those 35 years? It's crazy that they allowed that to, to happen. But how much do we allow that to happen? Now, I'm not saying that we need to get back in relationship with every person that maybe wronged us or hurt us in some way. But there are people that just made mistakes. And the, the relationship could be beneficial long term. But even Jesus, I'm sorry, even the Bible here says that we need to forgive because it's for our benefit. A great book along this line and is from John Bevere called The Bait of Satan. It really talks about offense quite a bit. Now in Psalms 147 verse 3, I've got some good news. If you're here this morning and you're like, man, yeah, I've got that person you talked about I ain't praying for. Yeah, I got a couple. I got a list. I call it my hit list, you know. It's like a hit list, prayer list. Sometimes I'm not sure which one, but, you know, I'm praying for you. All right, angels, here's your hit list. You know, y'all go. Y'all go. But I've got good news for you this morning. You may have your hit list. But God has you on a healing list. Amen. He wants to see you whole. He wants to see you well. He wants to see you not bound by the enemy in these areas of your life. Psalms 147 verse 3 says that he heals the brokenhearted and he bandages their wounds. See, for us to get to a place of complete healing, which really is a place of wholeness. Now, I realize in this room, there are people who have had failed marriages, failed relationships, failed all kinds of things, failed businesses. There, there's some tragedy in your past. God's plan for you is wholeness. Wholeness. Not like, I just need to, you know, I'll never quite be the same. No, God's plan for you is wholeness, soundness. But we have to get to a place, if we're going to live in that place, of getting past and letting go of our past. We've got to let it go. We have to choose. 
So we have to put it behind us and we have to forgive those offenders of our past. See, there's so many times that we want to pick it up and take on like we want to get our vengeance. But yet the Bible tells us something very different. Romans chapter 12, verse 19 through 21, he says, dear friends, never take revenge. Leave that to the righteous anger of God. Trust God. That's really what that's saying. Trust God. Like, God, I'm not going to allow that moment to ruin my life. I'm going to trust you with that moment, and I'm going to move forward into what you have for me. It says, for Scripture say, I will take vengeance, or I will take revenge, and I will repay them back. Instead, if your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they're thirsty, give them something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals of shame on their heads. Kill them with kindness. That's why we could say that. And then they're going to feel horrible for what the hell they treated you. And you, you can think for a moment, you should. But you've got to let that go pretty quick. It says, don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing good. Conquer evil by doing good. So I want to give you three quick ways. I'm going to go through these pretty quick on how to forgive. It's going to be real practical. How to forgive. Because I've given you scripture. I've given you all these things. But how do you actually forgive? Number one is you've got to decide. You've got to make a decision. I choose to not hold on to this. I'm choosing to let it go. See, you'll never forgive if you wait until you feel like it. And honestly, the quicker you can get to this place, the better off you're going to be. Don't wait till you're in bitterness or even offended before you say, well, I need to, okay. No, make a decision early. Especially if, for those of you who are married. Some powerful words. Forgive me or I apologize and I forgive you. Those are two power. Don't just say, well... Yeah, you're sorry. (laughs) Yeah, you are. (laughs) Yes, you are. (laughs) I bet you are. No, say, I forgive you. It's a spiritual principle. Because if we leave that unchecked, the enemy can work his way in if we're not careful. We need to pay attention to that. So don't wait till you feel like it. Choose to obey God and resist the devil in his attempts to poison you with bitter thoughts. You know, a few weeks ago, we talked about negative thoughts. Well, this kind of ties in with that. Make a quality decision to forgive. To forgive is a quality decision. And God will heal your wounded heart. Some scriptures to go along with this is Matthew 6, 12, and 14. If you're taking notes, you can jot that down. If you want to look like you really love Jesus, they take notes. But, so number one is make it. I got to make you laugh a little bit. I mean, the Bible says that laughter is good like a medicine. So make a decision. Number two, here's the second thing you need to do. Is you got to depend. You got to depend on the Lord. You can't forgive without the power of the Holy Spirit. You really can't. I can't. I'll just speak for me. I can't. <laughs> I need the Holy Spirit to help me. It's like I said, like, Lord, I'm just going to start praying for them. And I'm just going to help. I'm just going to ask you to just help me change my thoughts, change my words, get me out of that judgmental place and help me get to a place of compassion for them. It's too hard for me to do it, but God will enable us. But we've got to humble ourselves. We talked about that. And ask God for help. You can look in John chapter 20, verse 22 and 23. Jesus, the Bible says that he breathed upon his disciples and said, receive the Holy Spirit. And we love that part. Like, oh yeah, give me all the Holy Spirit I can. 
His next instruction, though, is about forgiving people. Go read it. John 20, verses 22 and 23. Jesus breathes on the disciples and says, receive the Holy Spirit. Why? Because now you need to forgive. Really, what he's saying is you're going to need the Holy Spirit to forgive. And there's nothing wrong with asking God to just say, Lord, I need you to, to breathe your life into me again. Like, allow, that, allow the Holy Spirit to come in and to help me. Part of that depending on the Lord is to not pick it back up, too. Oh, yeah. I, it's, no, I'm depending on you, Lord. You, you're my vengeance. You're the one who's taking care of me. And the last thing, the third step. So you decide, you depend, and the last step is that you obey. See, the word talks multiple times. I want to, there's too many references. You can go read Jesus' teaching. He talks a lot about loving your enemies. Pray for those who despitefully use and abuse you. That's not a fun scripture. But he says we're to pray for them. Pray for our enemies. We have to choose to obey God's word more than our feelings, more than our emotions, more than our thoughts, more than everything else is that we choose to obey. So we decide. We depend. We obey. It's, it, it's really, I'm not saying it's simple, but it is that easy. If you can do those three things, it will help you at a great, great level. So you obey. I've already mentioned this one. So here's on this kind of a subset of this third one. Obeying. Pray for your enemies. Pray for people who misuse you, who abuse you, who talk bad about you. Pray for their happiness. Pray for their welfare. Why? Because it's not about them. It's about your heart. You know, sometimes people don't even, aren't even aware that they even hurt us. Why wouldn't they apologize? Because they don't know that they've hurt us. So what do you do with that? You got to take it to the Lord. The other thing is that you don't speak evil about them. Quit talking about it. As long as you talk about it, it lives. It lives. Why? Because you're feeding it. How do you kill something? You stop feeding it. As long as you're talking about it, as long as you're rehashing it, you're just feeding, you're feeding, you're feeding. The Bible says that we're to bless and not curse. Romans 12, 14. That actually means to speak well of and, to, and it means to not speak evil of. Speak well of them. Now I understand that there are certain things in life that, especially when you're talking about a relationship, you know, whether it be however you want to say it, a dating relationship, a married relationship, there's abuse. Abuse is abuse. I'm not saying in that instance. But you can forgive that person. But that doesn't mean that you have to trash them to every person that ever comes your way. But let's just say for, the, for clarity's sake, if someone is physically abusive and you're a lady and somebody, a lady calls you and says, hey, you used to date this person. I would be careful. That's enough. Why? Because it's not about their relationship. It is about you protecting your heart. And you don't want to go back there. The Lord has set you free. Stay free. Stay free. The Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 17 verse 9 says this. says that 
One who covers an offense seeks love. One who covers an offense seeks love. It seeks peace. So don't let the devil get an advantage over you by holding on to forgiveness. Check your heart. Ask the Holy Spirit to work and move forward. Why? Because God has better things ahead for you than there is behind you. There are better things ahead for you. Now, in saying all of this, and I don't have time to really dig into this, but I, I, I can't talk about this and not at least mention this. One of the hardest people to forgive many times, yourself. We go to God and we ask for forgiveness and and we know that we're forgiven and all these things. And then that's where, but the enemy comes in with condemnation. What's there to condemn if God has forgiven? Because we're still holding on to our past. We're still holding on to our mistakes. We're still holding on to, to the weight of our past decisions that have not gone well. Can I tell you that if God has forgiven you, you need to forgive you. You need to give yourself grace and allow the Holy Spirit to work because he wants to. He wants to. Why? Because it, it, you cannot live free if you don't forgive yourself. You can't. And God's desire is that you live free, full of life, not restriction, not being held up by things, but life. Like real life, like a breath of fresh air, kind of like, I shared about that a few weeks ago. You got to get the weight off. You do that by releasing it to God. And sometimes that's even just saying, you know what? I forgive my, some of you may need to actually pray that. Lord, I forgive myself. I'm not holding myself accountable for the mistakes I did years ago. You covered it. Now I trust you with it. I trust you with it. It's amazing what God can do. Would you let me pray for you this morning? I know that there's a lot of things that I could pull out this morning, but I'm going to let the Holy Spirit just work on each one of us. I don't want to, I don't feel led to specifically call out something intentionally, but, but I know that there are things in our life. Many of us are dealing with areas of our life and where this is a very, very, very felt reality for us. But the Holy Spirit is just asking you in this moment, just let it go. Trust me with it and let it go. And so I want to pray over you this morning. Because I believe God wants to do a work right now in you. If you'll let him. If you'll open up and just say, hey, I've heard from scripture. It's time for me to let this go. This is that moment right now. So, Father God, I just thank you right now for every person that's here, every person that's watching online. Father, I just thank you for your power. Father, I thank you for your ability in our life. Father, I thank you that you have good things for our future. So, Father, right now, Father, we let go of any any area of our heart, Father, where we've not allowed forgiveness to come. Father, maybe where we've taken on uh, even to the level of an offense. Father, we ask you for your freedom to work in our lives by the power of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we invite you in right now. We we ask you to, to show us our heart, these areas that are really hindering us from all that God has for us to walk in. Holy Spirit, we ask you to be our guide, to be our, our, our advocate, that, that friend who would come alongside of us and help us to walk in freedom, to walk in forgiveness, to walk in the life that Jesus came to give us. 
So Holy Spirit, I thank you that you're the one who brings wholeness and healing now in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you for your power at work within us.